Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are listening to the very first in a very long time, Woken Bake slash Kicky Punchy. And I am sitting down with my friend Dave to discuss a topic that is near and dear to our hearts and hopefully yours, UFC 274. Headlined by Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. Also Rose Damiunez and Carla Esparza as well as, well, a really, really long list of UFC Hall of Famers and Mixed Martial Arts Hall of Famers in general. I think it's going to be a very, very solid card, and it's going to be worth an investment of your time at least to watch this. And so we give our picks on the main event. I didn't discuss anything on the undercard because I'm not familiar with these fighters. Uh, these fighters, However, I can tell you that if they are on this card, they are fighters that you are going to be wanting to follow in the next couple of years. So I will do my best to get more familiar with them on the undercard of this fight tomorrow. But that being said, we cover the main card. And the main card, it includes guys like Shogun Hua and Ovin St. Prue and... Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lauzen. Dude, this is a really stacked card full of really incredible fighters. And, yeah, Dave and I pontificate on all of the things that could potentially happen in a war between Tony Ferguson and Michael Chandler. And on some of the fights, we're in complete agreement. And in some of them, we are definitely not. Now, all right, ladies and gents and others, without any further ado, here is a little bit of that good old sweet kicky punchy accent. Action. Kicky punchy action, not accent. More on that later. Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are you doing? Good. It's good to be here. Yeah. Good so we back what we're doing. Yeah. We've got the new mic system we're playing with and working. Hope it works good. If it doesn't, we we'll try something else. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll attach the microphones to our hats. Ooh. Maybe time. Maybe right there, boom, for front of a mouthful. Yes. Just dangling like the microphone in uh, LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Oh, good video. Great video. Uh, so, which is perfect because we're talking about UFC 274 happening this weekend. Which, by the way, they're um, it's short a title. Fight, which I'm sure we'll talk about. At the main event, we will definitely talk about the main event. But the main card itself is really solid. I mean, it's it's full of fighters who are perennial fan favorites, long-time OGs of the sport, guys like Cowboy Cerrone, Joe Lauzen. First fight card. Yeah. Uh, you got OSP. You've got you've got Shogun. I mean, we'll talk about that one in a second because I think that's a very cool matchup. But let's get started right now with Joe and Cowboy. First off, I don't know how this fight hasn't happened before. This seems like a fight that has happened before. I think from what I can remember is they they've not been matched up before, but it's like they've always been on the same car with somebody else to fight. They haven't had the opportunity yet. They're both trying to climb that ladder, and they're just both on one rung apart. And it just finally both got to the point they're both trying to, I guess, make one last shot for uh, for the titles. Because they're both, let's be honest, they're both kind of not young kids no more. So let's feel badass. I think it's still beat my ass. Let's be honest. 100%. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's talk about Cowboy. So Cowboy hasn't fought in a minute. Cowboy has been out. For a second, if I'm not mistaken, 
since the Conor McGregor, since yeah. the, the shoulder is. So he's taken some time off to to rehab himself. I'm sure we're going to be looking at a different Cowboy Cerrone than we saw against um, against Conor McGregor. That being said, it's been a while that I can remember since he's won a fight really convincingly. Uh, Joe Lousen is another guy whose uh, record is full of ups and downs, and I think that this is... This is a fight that is is a, a fan you look at and say like one of you is going to be doing grappling tournaments after this and I you know um, and I, I hope neither of you are doing uh, bare knuckle boxing. I'm just looking at the, the simple fact of like the records. Forget the records. 36, 16, two no contests. All right, and Joe. 28 and 16. We are talking about. Fighters that have a, a lot of mileage on them. All the men in some pretty bloody, gory freaking wars. wars. Oh yeah, freaking wars. Uh, both warriors, both incredible fighters. And if this is the sort of fight that puts you on, you know, one last run for the title, okay, it's, it's a good but start. To me, if either guy's gonna make that run, this fight has to not go to judges, really. It's got to be a fight where you, you put your stamp on it. Like, you come out there and you say, you know what? This fight, I'm going to prove I'm still in this. Joe's got to get a quick submission. Uh, Cowboy's got to get a quick knockout. But, I mean, Cowboy also has really good submissions. Uh, I think that... And that's where I'm kind of going to have to lean on this fight, my personal opinion, towards Cerrone. He's got that knockout, that, the kicks, the shins. He's got the knockout ability, and he's got good ground. He's had good time off. He's had time to heal up and get get himself ready for this fight. Joe Lozon, phenomenal guy on the ground. I don't think his striking is as crisp as Cerrone's, and I don't think he's going to be able to put Cerrone in a position on his feet where he's in, he's scared of getting knocked out or he's in you know danger. I think Lozon's going to want to go to the ground, which Cerrone has no problem going to the ground, but Cerrone's going to want to keep it standing and yeah. So get Joe ones and twos. Joe's got a real real good guard. I, I like Joe on the ground, and I think that if if Joe Lousen can a get the fight to the ground, keep it on the ground, especially in in the early, like in the first round, I think that he can win it, and he can win it convincingly quickly. But at the same time, you've still got to get Cowboy to the ground, and I don't. It's been a while since I've seen Joe Lousen fight. Oh, 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 Joe Lo. Uh, I do think that he can get him to the ground, uh, but I don't think that a, a win for either of them. Unfortunately, because the lightweight division is so deep, it's not giving them a title match. Well, not not a match. It's, it's going to give them a step in the right direction. If it's a, if it's a decisive, like you guarantee this fight puts you back in that top. So if Cowboy scores a real quick, strong knockout, I think that you can make an easy conversation to put him in there with a, a top ten fighter. Mm -hmm. And then if he beats a top ten fighter top five and then then maybe down the road which yeah which we'll get to the main event uh is more and more of a distinct possibility as the day goes by um so i gotta ask though you picking joe Lowe or donald sorrow Ooh, it's a tough one i if i'm if i'm 
being, and I'm going to be honest here, I'm going to go with Cowboy because I think he's probably had very good active time off. He's allowed himself to heal, take some step back. He's been, you know, on his BMF ranch. He's, you know, being a dad. Um, Same time, I don't think he's going to let the shoulder attack happen again. I think he's gonna he's gonna come out kicking and punching, and it will be over quickly. Hopefully, um, I don't want this to be like one of those long wars of attrition for either of them. Mm-hmm. But I think that yeah, I think it's a fight that ends probably pretty quickly. I'm gonna imagine that uh, Cowboy is gonna do some some great leg attacks. He's gonna kick the shit out of uh, out of Joe's uh, legs. Uh, and then he's going to attack the body and face with his hands. Like he's like baseball bats. Yeah. Bats yeah. The shin. Even, if you, even if you block it, it still sucks. I mean, those old school um, Jackson Wink guys, you know, were, were incredible at that. And their movement is, yeah. Um, I, I, I give this to Cowboy. All right. All right. Next fight. OSP and Shogun. St. Prue versus Mauricio Shogun Hua. All right, so can we talk about their common opponent right now and the greatest uh, light heavyweight of all time? Potentially the greatest fighter of all time in John Jones. John Jones beat Shogun for the belt, took his took his belt with a knee through the sternum. Yep. All right. And then you have OSP who, um, God, I believe it was uh, Jones on his first fight back, back. from a suspension. Uh, I think that OSP is so athletic, and Shogun has never been that athletic, that I think that if OSP wants to take him down and just wrestle fuck and make Shogun tired, he can do that. I don't think that Shogun can knock out OSP, which is the thing that he's going to have to do. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's back up here. Let's go with records. Yeah, let's talk about the Pride Grand Prix. Was it Pride Grand Prix? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's start with uh, Ovin St. Prue. 25 and 16. Coming off a loss. Gosh, he's, I, he's been in the UFC now for almost 10 years. Now, Mauricio Shogun Hua. 27, 12, and 1. Also coming off a loss. So. See, my problem is like Shogun. Every time you, you, you think his back's against the wall, he pulls out a miraculous knockout and then just comes forward and gets back in the mix. You know what I mean? Or he gets miraculously knocked out. That, that does happen a time or two, or 12. I think that OSP um, and, and his athleticism, I think that it's going to come down to athleticism. Okay. Because I, Shogun, in, in his career, in my opinion, has never shown an incredible gas tank. His best fights against guys like Dan Henderson were against guys who were also not necessarily known for their gas tank. And so why that that fight was so significant was it was because those guys got tired really quick and everything they threw after the second round was everything that they had. And they had so much scar tissue that if you shook their hands, their faces opened up. So I, I don't... Shogun is on the main card, in my opinion, because he is Shogun. Because he was, at one point, the light heavyweight champion. I think that if OSP wants to pick him up and put him on his head, we might see the first death in the UFC. All right, so that's pretty clear to see. Um, 
Glad to ask. What are you thinking? Shogun! <laughs> no, I think that I, I think that if, if Shogun is going to do it, he's got to do it very, very quick, and I don't think he's going to be able to. I think that OSP is going to take him down, he's going to wrestle fucking, and maybe he's going to drop him on his head. I, I think OSP is going to come out, throw a few jabs, and then right away grab him and get it off the feet because no matter what, you can never count Mauricio out when it comes to strike, and he will land that one shot he needs. So the best way to nullify that is get him off his feet quick. I heard someone say that Shogun is a black belt, but I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen him even throw up a submission. No, he, he gets on the ground. His goal is to get back to the feet and throw. He wants to have that slugfest. Now, he is a black belt, but he don't want to be on the ground. He wants to stand and bang. That's all he cares about. Yeah, I, I, and I think in this fight, you don't want to do that. You want to have your, you want to work hard on your submission defense because Ogun St. Cruz is going to take you down. He's going to pick you up spin you around, WWE-style slam you, get on top of you, and make you a baby back bitch. OSP can have a long career in the WWE. Oh, yeah. I I, I gotta go with OSP on this one. Okay. Um, I have to concur with that. Yeah. That is... Now, on to the next fight. This fight we're going to talk quite a bit about. We got Okakui, Tony Ferguson, versus just simply known as Michael Chandler. This fight has me torn in so many different directions. I my the only thing I I'm torn on is how hard I can ride for El Cacoon. <laughs> That's where I'm at. You know, like, like, like I, I wanted to want to say he's got this, but same time, you, there's things you can't do against Michael Chandler. You can't go for that war of attrition. You can't try something to tire you out because you won't tire Chandler out. But at the same time, you won't do the same thing uh, to to Tony Ferguson. And Tony Ferguson is another guy who's had a substantial amount of time off, who hasn't been sitting around getting fat. Uh, Michael Chandler has had some fights. He's had some wars in that time. Um, you know, and Chandler's record in the UFC is not great. Tony Ferguson took. And if you, I don't know if you caught his interview and his like press um, conference, Tony Ferguson's press conference. Well, he, did, he had a really good press conference. Uh, really, really enlightening on. on was Tony it usual Tony Ferguson style? It was even funnier. Oh, better. Um, so I, I love Tony Ferguson, and I think that El Fakui is not only is he my favorite current fighter in the lightweight division. I. Um, I mean, I, I think the key for Chandler to win is is going to to. To do the Gaethje, uh, to go the Gaethje route, but I don't know if Chandler is good enough to go the Gaethje route. Why not? He did the Gaethje route with Gaethje. He did. However, how many people can go the Gaethje route with Gaethje uh, for long periods? Not very many, but yeah. Chandler did it. Yeah, and I think that that probably took uh, a couple rounds off of his career. Um, now it's for the records. Make sure it's known here, people. El Kukui. Tony, I love that sweet, sweet man, Ferguson. Twenty-six and seven, coming off a loss. Versus Michael Chandler, twenty-two and seven, coming off a loss. I'm starting to see a pattern. Everybody's coming off losses. In yeah. Hard. They've all lost to somebody better, and now they're coming out to try to, you know, make him make him come back. But uh, I'm so torn here, though. Let me let me point out that. The last two people to beat Tony Ferguson are 
Well, they were supposed to fight for a belt. We'll discuss uh, that later. We'll trying trying discuss that later. Um, but they're, they they may not be the main event anymore. Yeah. Uh, the ladies may be the main event. Let's just say that. Um, but but those the last two people to beat Tony Ferguson, right, are the top are, are, are the top of the division. Okay. So, I, and you think about it. Those are guys that Chandler's lost to as well, mm-hmm. right? How did he? How how did he lose? He lost to the War of Attrition. Okay, um, I think I think Tony Ferguson's wrestling and, and grappling is awkward and weird enough. Because keep in mind, he's a he's a uh, two time uh, uh, All American. Yes, his rest. He's a bad motherfucker in the wrestling uh, department. But uh, I mean, so, so is Chandler. But yes. I. I am saying that uh, Tony Ferguson is a better wrestler, uh, and I think that his jiu-jitsu is better, and I think that Chandler was a great champion in Bellator. But one of the things that we have established over the last, well, since the inception of Bellator, is that they're kind of competing in two different grades, right? So, Gegard Mousasi is the baddest middleweight uh, in Bellator's history. However, he didn't have the most successful career inside of the UFC. Correct. So, uh, being great in Bellator is like, well, it's like being great in Bellator. I gotta say that, I gotta disagree with the person that's better wrestling than Chandler. I think as a pure wrestler, Chandler is better. I think Ferguson's more well-rounded on the ground. He's gonna go for more submissions, he's gonna go for more awkward angles on the ground. He's going to try to go for that Kimura off, you know, when he's on his back and he's in the wrong angle versus Chandler's takedowns. His wrestling, his pure wrestling, he'll get you to the ground. His different technique is he's more of a the ground, hold you, hold you down, and uh, just try to punch in the face from holding you down. Versus Ferguson, he's going to punch in the face, but at the same time, Ferguson's going to try to submit you. He's not going to just lay there as a wrestler would do. He's going to throw elbows from the bottom. Yeah. He's, yes, he he's an active guy. I, I love Tony Ferguson, and that's why I um, he has all of the tools to make Michael Chandler do the thing that he does best, and that's bleed. Mm-hmm. The reason people like Michael Chandler uh, it, is because he's active, because he's, he's, he's a very active fighter. He's very... He's very fast. He's very strong. Um, so Tony Ferguson is very strong. He's very awkward, and he's very good. I, I think that Michael Chandler definitely has him uh, in speed. He's, he's probably got him. I even say he's got him in the striking department. You know, um, but other way, he's got those angles. Like he's so. Weird. The difference is who's at the top of chin. I don't he's, know. He's so weird with the angles and so awkward. I have to go with El Kakui. You're going to El Kakui? I'm going with El Kakui. I'm going to go with Iron Mike. I got to go with Chandler on this. I think he's just going to come out there. He's going to use his strength and his speed to his advantage. What's the height difference? The height difference? Three inches. Chandler 5'8". Ferguson's 5'11". What's the reach? The reach is a a good day for me. It's a five-inch reach. So I'm telling you that El Kakui... His his little awkward, you know, Grammys and all the flaws is gonna make all of the difference. He's he's weird rangy. He, I think that he's gonna be able to keep him on the outside. I think that the things I think Tony Tony Ferguson is a is weird. Yes. Okay? And I mean that in the very best way possible. And I think that you can't prepare for that. 
and Michael Chandler will have to be Michael Chandler for three rounds. And it sucks that it's a three-round fight because this could be a five-round fucking war of attrition uh, between two warriors. But that said, I gotta go with El Kaku. All right, I'm going with Chandler. I think the speed. He's gonna he's gonna be in and out real quick. He's gonna throw the heavy shots, and if he goes bad, he's gonna take him to the ground. The problem is, Chandler's on the ground, gotta hold him down and get to that side control and land those elbows and hope that Ferguson doesn't throw him back at the same time. But, alright, so we gotta pick. That's the first fight we're picking somebody different. Okay. Now, coming event. We got Rose versus Carla. Rose Namajunas versus Carla Esperanza. So, Carla Esperanza is very active. She's, uh, yeah. you can never, you can never count her out. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she was the very first champion in the women's strawweight division. I believe she won it on the ultimate fighter. Could be, could be mistaking her with somebody else. And that wouldn't be the first time. So, Cookie Monster, Carla, her record is 19-6. Coming off a win. Of course, that's how you get the title shot. She is uh, a fighting Rose, the thug, who is 12-4. Also coming off a win. She's champ, of course. Um, let's do let's go over some stats here because this is where it gets a little interesting. Both wins, both coming from the United States. We got the Thug at five five, and we got Cookie Monster at five one. The Thug weighs one twenty seven, Cookie Monster one sixteen. Eleven pound difference. Reach Rose sixty five, Carla sixty three. Rose's legs, 39 and a half. Carla's, 35. Yeah, so just just based on stats, right? Yep. So Rose is the champion. She's got bigger everything. She's a naturally bigger, uh, strong, taller woman. Um, she's naturally fighting at a, at a heavier weight. Yep. There's not, there's not a lot of good reason um, to go with Carla other than tenacity, right? So, like, the thing about watching someone, someone like Carla as far as is she's so, she's tenacious. Like, she once she, she's going to shoot for a takedown, she's going to keep shooting for a takedown, and then she's going to get you, and then she's going to keep doing the thing. She's going to keep doing the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. She will be very consistent in what she does. Yes. So, that said, Rose, Rose is the champion for a reason. She's mm-hmm. knocked out some bad ladies, okay? Um, she's She's got great grappling. I don't think that there's a place where Carla Esparza can can win unless she can get in like a dominant wrestling position, maybe? Even then, yeah, go back to like Rose is the naturally stronger uh, athlete. She's the naturally stronger woman in this. She's coming in, she's naturally the heavier fighter. And I don't want to sound anything different with Carla as she, she's a great fighter I don't see her edging any way against Rose in any department I don't think she's been able to make it where like Rose like I can't be here with her guessing that's it that's the only thing I can think of but I, I think that if you're Rose that's going to be one of the things you try to take away first you're, you're not going to you don't want to get into a wrestling exchange with her I don't think that Rose is too worried about that um, I, I, yeah, I'm like it's a championship fight. Like anyone can win if someone screws up. Yeah. But I don't think that Rose, with the camp that she's got, with Pat Berry, with Trevor Whitman, uh, with with training partners, um, 
like Justin Gaethje, mm-hmm. like Kamaru Usman. I don't. I just think that there's. Rose has too many ways to win, and at the same time, so that means there's so many ways that Carla can lose, and so few ways that she can't win. That I think in order for her to win, five things have to go wrong for Rose. Or that one lucky shot. I hate to say lucky, but let's just be honest. It's if you're you're throwing blows with Rose, it's a lucky shot if you get through before she lands hers. Uh, so if I, I don't think we mean to be to say I think we're both going with a thug. Yeah. But Carla, we're wishing you the best. Good luck. If you're watching, thank you. Wait, is this, this, this one fifteen? What is this? What is the weight class they're fighting? Leather. No, no, the, the ladies. The ladies are fighting at what? Well, more weight. Yeah, one's one sixteen, one point seven. Yeah, but is is the fight is is this particular fight at strawweight or is it uh, welfare? Uh, strawweight. Yep. Strawweight. Okay. Now brings us to the topic of lots of discussions. Man, I don't think this fight should be the main event anymore. I don't want to take that from Geechee though. But let's let's just let's start with stats and then we'll jump into uh, the middle of stats of what the hell's going on because it's very. It shouldn't be the main event. It doesn't, doesn't matter if it has nothing to do with Gaethje. Um, it should be the main event. Somebody in the UFC, who, if you're working with UFC listening to us, you fucked up, kid. Hey. Yeah. Because they put the wrong stats in the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Just one particularly, but we'll see. So, Justin Gaethje stats, 24-3. Bad motherfucker. Charles... 32 and 8 with one no contest. Okay? Both coming off wins, obviously. Um, Charles, Brazil, Justin, good old US motherfucking A. Uh, Charles, 510, Justin, 511. Uh, right here, I'm pretty sure they mixed this up because it says that Gichi uh, weighs 155.6. And it says that uh, Charles weighs 155. That's completely flipped backwards. Because Charles, folks, in case you're unaware, is fighting at 155, and he weighed in at 155.6. Yeah. And Gigi weighed in at a flat 155. Yeah. So therefore, what does that mean, Bill? If you're weighing 0.6 over the max weight for your division in a title fight, it means uh, it's no longer a title fight. It means but that, the, the champion keeps his belt. No, no. In fact, that means the champion has been stripped of his belt. So how many times in UFC history has this happened? It hasn't. Oh, it's the first. This is a precedent. So he missed weight by. And I want folks to hear this out. If you listen to this, he missed weight by 0.6 pounds. I have poop. He, you, you, he had, per the athletic commission, you have one hour if you miss weight to get your weight. And he couldn't lose 0.6 pounds in an hour. Now, mind you, the man ain't got much to lose. But at the same time, if you're a fucking champion, you should come to that weigh-in knowing I'm weighing 154.8. I'm weighing 155. I'm right there. I'm not coming in there weighing 156. I would just imagine that you would probably do the exact same thing you did last time to get yourself to the weight that you needed to be and not a stitch over. I, I feel bad. Well, I don't really feel bad. So, 
did you hear what happened? So by losing weight, just make sure you know everybody listening needs to know. By losing weight, he sacrifices. He lost his title. He has to get a percentage of his purse up. So even if he wins this fight, he ain't the champion. And if he wins it, a percentage of his money goes straight to Justin Gaethje. He also forfeits his pay-per-view points. Really? Yep. They stripped him of pay-per-view points. So in case you folks are unaware what that means, if you're a champion, oh, that fucking hurts. If you're a champion, you get a oh, that fucking hurts. You get a percentage of the pay-per-view buys. I'm sorry I cursed if you're with your children, but that hurts. That hurts. That could have easily matched whatever his purse would have been. If his purse is half a million dollars as the champion, which it very likely is, it could have, on a good pay-per-view, could have easily matched that. I mean, he. I'm sure Charles Oliveira is a millionaire. However, this would have solidified that. <laughs> So let's let's talk about a, a little bit about what that means. So if Charles Oliveira does win, he's still not the champ. The belt is still vacant. The UFC could say, you know what, we'll let you fight for the belt, but you didn't get it back. Yeah, yeah, you were gonna fight for a vacant belt that you had to give up because you wanted ho hos and ding dong. Which means your next fight, you're not champ, and only the champs get pay per view points. So therefore, you're giving up your points in this fight and your next fight, which if they're both good some reviews, you're giving up uh, an ass ton of money. That money is just taken away from you because you couldn't simply make weight. I'll bet this is probably costing him upwards to probably three quarters of a million dollars between the purse, the, the issue with the fines, and the points together, three quarters of a million dollars gone because he couldn't lose 0.6 pounds. At that point, I'd cut a finger off to keep that money. But then you can't fight with a finger missing the next day. So you gotta figure it out. But here's where it gets interesting, folks. If Geechee wins, Geechee gets the belt. Absolutely. If Geechee, if, if Overa wins, he gets a high five and a lot less money than he should be getting. Now, it doesn't answer any questions in the lightweight division other than. Well, I, I, you know, Islam Markashev is, is going to be the next, probably the next person to fight for a belt. Now let's let's okay, let's take that off the card. Okay, take that off the table. Okay. No, listen, it's fucked. Charles is in weight. It happens a few times, but it's never happened with a champion. But let's take that off the table. Okay, let's say it didn't happen. They both weigh one fifty five flat. Who would you go for in this fight? I go Gaethje. Yep. Here is my justification. One of the things that Charles Oliveira does and uh, a lot of really good uh, high-level jiu-jitsu guys do is they kind of play possum when they get uh, when they get it. So Fabrizio Verdun, when he fought Fedor, uh, Fedor connected. Uh, Fabrizio hit the ground, got on his back, and all of a sudden Fedor's jumping in his guard. Yep. Charles Oliveira has a very similar technique. You see he's hurt, jump in to attack, and then the next thing you know, he's got your wrist, or he's got a triangle, he's got something uh, that really hurts. Mm -hmm. And that's that's good, that's his job, that's that's the thing that he gets paid That's, that's his stick. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, um, I, A, I don't think, I think that trick doesn't continue to work. Uh, right? My problem is that trick, though, is you have to let the other guy hit you. Charles lets them hit him so he can fall and give him that false sense of security where they jump in and start pummeling him. 
probably the last man in that division I want to let pitch me is Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I imagine that if Justin if Justin jumps into your guard, and I, I think that he's smart enough not to. I think that he would he would attack with leg kicks, and if you're on your back, you're going to want to get up because he's going to kick the shit out of your legs while you're on your back. But if, if for some crazy reason he decides he wants to jump in your guard, I don't imagine that he's going to throw punches. He's going to throw, I imagine, elbows and trying to get a wrist so that you can try and snap onto an arm or a triangle when he's when he's on top of you. I think is going to be very very hard. But back it up, Bill. If, if you're Charles, you're going to let Gichi hit you to fall on your back and give him that false sense. You're going to let that man who's no. got bricks in his fists. Crack you in the dome? No, I think I would try and, while he's still dry, shoot in, try and get a takedown of some sort. I would try and submit him while he's still dry. So you wouldn't try to stand in bed with him? No. That's stupid. <laughs> like, that's stupid. That's stupid. Some things are stupid, and that's one of those things that's stupid. Who in that division could stand in bed with him? Well, there are folks that have, like Michael Chandler. Yeah. And, um, they didn't win. They didn't win. <laughs> Did it end well for them? No, it doesn't normally. The um, only person I think that was able to stay with him is, in my personal opinion, still the champ because he never lost. Khabib? Khabib. Khabib. Well, Khabib's okay. good there. Well, okay, uh, the Beeb <laughs> could not have taken too many more. And just so we're clear, we're talking about Khabib, not Justin Bieber. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll so pay for that fight. The Beebs. <laughs> Could not have taken too many more of those leg kicks. Let's be no. very, very real. Like yeah. his his leg hurt. Um, but in gosh, I'm trying to remember the time. It was a very like 30 seconds or something from when Habib got the ankle to when he secured the submission. It was a very mm-hmm. short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I you got not. I mean, hello. He's uh, he's the best. He is. He's but but he was one of the people who was able to stuff Gigi and what he does. He was able to take some shots, and most people take those shots would crumble and go night night. And Habib took it and just smiled at him, which to me was like, dude, you gotta smile at me. I just punched you in the face, and you're gonna wink at me. Like, come on, don't don't do this to me. But I don't think Oliveira is that dude. I think Oliveira's gonna come out there. He's gonna shoot in real quick. But people need to realize, Justin Gigi isn't just a striker. He is a wrestler. He started off wrestling people to the ground, and then he was in a fight. I think it was like his fifth fight in. He went for a takedown, and while coming in, saw a knee and came with a heavy right and dropped the guy and was like, oh, wait, that's much easier. That's much funner. And he stopped wrestling and just started punching people, and they realized he hits really, really hard. And... When you hit him really, really hard to him, that means you're close enough to let him hit you. And he likes that war of just, let's stand and throw these hands and see what's up. He wants all the smoke. He wants a forest fire smoke. Charles Oliveira is only the champion because Habib retired. Yes. If Habib did not retire, let's be honest, Habib would be the champion until the day he retires. It's, I mean, it really comes down to, in my opinion, is who fights Markachev next. And that's what it comes down to. I think Islam Markachev is obviously the next guy to fight for the lightweight title. Um, and I think Justin Gaethje is going to be the guy that fights him. And I think that when Justin Gaethje does finally fight him, um, 
Islam will probably I don't know I don't know if it'll go the same way for a few we'll find out yeah because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna this fight I'm going with the highlight Justin Gaethje yeah there's, there's, there's his striking his wrestling it's, it's he's and the thing that's fucked up to say is now back on the table about the weight even if he loses he's walking with more money than Charles Oliveira Fucking away with Charles Oliveira's money. <laughs> Dude, that's the fucked up part. If Charles goes up there and somehow submits him in epic fashion and wins that money, Gigi gets up and goes, hey, thanks for the $300,000, bud. Kills him and kills him quick. <laughs> like, it's, it doesn't matter. It's going to go, it's going to, like right now, I want to say Gigi's probably the number one fighter in that division. Not just because it's a spot, but I think he is that dude right now. And I think that his next fight, we both know it's going to be, it better be. Um, and once he wins that, I think that solidifies him as that dude. And then he goes on to just pummel people with his fists to their faces until he doesn't, I guess. I'm kind of curious about the market share, like market share and, um, I, and Justin. And, and we'll get there if we get there. We're going to get there, be honest. Because I, if, if Oliver is able to pull this out... Then it will be Oliveira versus Markachev because we never got him yeah. versus Oliveira. And um, well, you know what? I think we're forgetting about Tony. Now, if Tony, if Tony kills Chandler and kills him quick, if when um, I, think, <laughs> I think that you know, like it started that makes a Markachev fight now. For me, what would happen here, just to throw other my picks, when Chandler beats Tony, which I'm so, 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 so torn about that fight, and if Justin beats Charles Oliveira, it's going to be Chandler versus Oliveira. And if Oliveira can win, it'd get him back into that spot, because I don't see them giving Oliveira versus Tony again. I don't think that at this point, a win over Tony Ferguson gets you a title fight. I don't think it does. Um, I think it uh, it gets maybe it gets you the Islam market show fight. Oh, but it's a local title. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It, I think it really depends. Like a lot of things depend on the Ferguson fight. Oh, whoa, whoa, we're forgetting some people here though. Dustin. Uh, Dustin, I think I think moves to welterweight. You think he's done? Uh, I mean, I think that he's done everything he's done at, at lightweight. Um, I, I mean, I don't need to see. Uh, I'm glad to see that Connor is running Connor's rifle spot at number nine. I still there. His name. I'm just looking at the. Bro, oh, when was the last time he won a fight? Like 2017. No, he beat the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but when was the last time he won a fight at lightweight? Oh shit! All right, cool. Um, then a minute. Twenty twenty was when he fought Cerrone, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it's been a minute. All right, I gotta dip out, my friends. All right, it's been good talking. Thank you, people, for uh, tuning in and comments. Let us know more. That's what you want to hear about. Yeah. Because we'll, we'll read the comments. We want to know. All right. By the way, I got Romero and Shet Congo by name alone. Um, <laughs> like no disrespect to Ryan Vader, but I know lots of uh, lots of Ryan's. I don't know any Shet Congos, and I'm not gonna ever want to bet against Shet Congo. No, no, Pat Barry fight after that. Nope, solidified. Later, my friend. Have a great day. Yep, y'all be good. Be safe out there. Doodles.